Hello, and welcome to the Italian Threat Intel Weekly Podcast for the week commencing the 13th of June, 2022. In InfoSec news this week, a joint research effort has led to the discovery of Symbiote, a new form of Linux malware which is, quote, almost impossible to detect. Earlier this week, researchers from BlackBerry and Intza published a blog post on the malware dubbed Symbiote because of its parasitic nature. The team reportedly discovered Symbiote several months ago. Differing from today's typical Linux malware, which normally attempts to compromise running processes and instead acts as a shared object library, or SO library, which is loaded on all running processes via LD preload. This shared object library parasitically compromises a target machine, according to researchers. And once it has its claws deeply embedded in the system, the malware provides attackers with rootkit functionality. The first sample dates from November 2021 and appears to have been developed to target financial institutions, specifically in Latin America. However, as the malware is new and very evasive, researchers are not sure if Symbiote is being used in targeted or broad attacks, if at all. Symbiote has several interesting features. For example, the malware uses Berkeley Packet Filter or BPF hooking, a function designed to hide malicious traffic on an infected machine. BPF is also used by malware developed by the Equation Group. To quote the report, when an administrator starts any packet capture tool on the infected machine, BPF bytecode is injected into the kernel, which defines which packets should be captured. In this process, Symbiote adds its own bytecode first, so it can filter out network traffic which it doesn't want the packet capturing software to see. One of the most impressive elements of this Linux malware is its stealth. The malware is preloaded before any other shared objects, allowing it to hook specific functions, including libc and libpcap, to hide its presence. Other files associated with Symbio are also concealed, and its network entries are continually scrubbed. Furthermore, Symbiote is reportedly able to harvest credentials by hooking the libc read function and facilitate remote access by hooking Linux pluggable authentication module, or PAM functions. Domain names associated with Symbiote appear to impersonate major Brazilian banks, and other linked servers masqueraded as the Federal Police of Brazil. A sample of the malware was reportedly uploaded to VirusTotal under the name CertBot X64. The team suspects that as submissions were made prior to the malware's main infrastructure going online, the uploads were likely for antivirus detection testing purposes. When the samples were first analysed, only unique code was detected, according to the report. As no code is shared between Symbiote and eBury or Wendigo or any other known Linux malware, we can confidently conclude that Symbiote is a new, undiscovered Linux malware. The notorious malware botnet Emotet has resurfaced in a more advanced form after having been taken down by a joint international task force back in January 2021. A prolific threat throughout the pandemic, Emotet began as a banking trojan back in 2014, and its operators were one of the first criminal groups to provide malware as a service, or MAAS. While it is still utilising many of the same attack vectors it exploited in the past, Emotet's return has been accompanied by a boost in effectiveness in collecting and utilising stolen credentials. The initial report notes that these stolen credentials are also being weaponized to further distribute the malware binaries. Quote, the attacks are using hijacked email threads and then using those accounts as a launch point in order to trick victims into enabling macros of attached malicious office documents. In addition, Emotet is utilizing 64-bit shellcode as well as more advanced PowerShell and ActiveScripts than previously, with nearly a fifth of all malicious samples exploiting the 2017 Microsoft vulnerability CVE 2017-11882. The attacks have focused largely on victims in Japan, with an expanded focus on targets in the United States and Italy. 
starting from March this year. These attacks definitely share characteristics with past attacks. They now, however, have some new and improved techniques and tactics. One of them in particular, the report notes, is the streamlining of the product and the removal of the middle stage of the attack. Additionally, they have switched from non-secure HTTP to secured HTTPS communications, also adding in code obfuscation techniques to the payload. Quote, the Emotech gang are professionals, they know how to run a successful phishing campaign, and have now upped their game with new, sophisticated attack techniques. However, the primary delivery method is still phishing emails. The human factor is still the weakness. Regarding Emotet's previous ties to the TrickBot Trojan, the report acknowledges there is quite a bit of speculation around the status of the relationship as it stands currently, but the most common thought is that there is a continued collaboration between these two cybercriminal entities. There are also indicated that the group has moved some of its infrastructure out of the European arena and down to South America, mainly Brazil. It is speculation at this point, but this could be because of the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict and the instability it has created within the cybercrime community in the area. Security researchers are warning that threat actors could hijack Office 365 accounts to encrypt for a ransom the files stored in SharePoint and OneDrive services, which companies use for cloud-based collaboration, document management and storage. A ransomware attack specifically targeting files on these services could have severe consequences if backups are not available, rendering important data inaccessible to owners and working groups. According to the original report published by Proofpoint, the success of the attack relies on abusing the autosave feature, which creates cloud backups of older file versions when users make edits. The only prerequisite for encrypting SharePoint and OneDrive files is to compromise an Office 365 account. Easily done through phishing or malicious zero-authentication apps, after hijacking an account, attackers can then use Microsoft APIs and PowerShell scripts to automate malicious actions on large document lists. The trick? To finish the file locking stage quicker and make recovery more difficult, to reduce the version numbering limit and encrypt all files more than that limit. This task does not require any administrative privileges and can theoretically be done from any hijacked account. As an example, the researchers say that an adversary could reduce the number of all file versions to one and encrypt the data twice. With a file version limit set to one, when the attacker encrypts or edits the file twice, the original document will no longer be available through OneDrive and cannot be restored. Another method would be to use automated scripts to edit files 501 times, which is just above the maximum 500 limit in OneDrive for storing file versions. While this method is notably louder and may trigger some alerts, it still counts as a valid approach. With document encryption complete, the threat actor can then request a ransom from the victim in exchange for unlocking the files. Stealing the original documents before encrypting them to put more pressure on the victim under the threat of leaking the data is also feasible and a common effective technique, especially if backups exist. According to the report, Proofpoint have informed Microsoft of the potential for abuse of this version numbering system, but the tech giant maintains the configuration ability is the intended functionality. Moreover, Microsoft has said that in cases of unexpected data loss like in the above scenario, support agents could help with the recovery up to 14 days after the incident. However, according to Proofpoint, they did attempt to restore files using this method and failed. Thank you very much for listening to the Italian Threat Intel Weekly Podcast. Please do not hesitate to contact us should you wish to discuss any of the items outlined here, and thank you very much for listening.